want to welcome everyone to Sisterhood. We're here this morning. It's Saturday morning. It's July. It's beautiful. We have, I love all the doorbells. Hi, Pastor Di. Good morning. <laughs> awesome. Well, this morning we're here. We have a great morning planned for you. Pastor Di is going to continue her message about characteristics of confidence. Last week, we um, introduced the series and we're gonna continue it. But before we get started, I just wanna welcome everyone, anyone who's new that's jumping on. Um, this is Newport Church Sisterhood. We're happy that you are Zooming in with us this morning. And if you're listening to this message later on a podcast, we're happy that you're joining us. We can't see you, but uh, we're happy that you're here. So. This morning, we're going to get started. I just want to share this scripture, and then we're going to pray. Um, and, and to me, this when I was reading it, my Bible in a year, and it just truly spoke to me on how important it is to um, listen to the word of God, to listen to his voice, to be mindful of what's in our minds, and to continually be diligent about renewing our mind. And I love what it says in Proverbs 17, 22. It says, a happy heart is good medicine and a joyful mind causes healing amen mm. so we're here this morning to get our heart right our minds right we're gonna sit and be under the word listening and leaning in so i encourage you if you have a pen and paper to get ready so we can take notes and we're gonna pray this morning i really feel in my heart we're gonna pray for our families we're gonna pray for every sister here in the room and the family and the home that you represent as well as job opportunities um, physical healing, um, emotional healing, mental healing. We, we're just going to um, just come under the name of Jesus. Amen. And that powerful name. And so we're going to pray this morning. Father God, I thank you for every person in this Zoom call. And I thank you, Father God, that you are here. You are omnipresent. You are with us. Father, everyone that's listening um, to maybe the podcast, Father God, or, or who are just about to tune in. God, I thank you for for who you are, for your word, that we can stand on it, that it's true, Father God, and that it does not return void. I thank you so much for every woman, Lord, represented here and every household represented, Father God, and every heart, Lord, that you see, you know the thoughts, Lord Jesus, of each and every person here, God, the prayers, Lord, the loud cries, Father God, and even the whispers. And Father, right now, Lord, we, we thank you so much that you're here. We thank you for healing. We thank you, Father God, for praise reports that are going to be coming in. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing in and throughout our church and in our community, God. I thank you right now, Father God, that you will heal each and every woman here, God, that maybe there's pain in their body, God, or sickness, Father God. And I pray, Lord, for the blood of Jesus to cover them, Father. And I thank you so much, Lord, that those that need jobs, Father God, I thank you that you will open up doors of opportunity, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for reconciliation and healing in homes, Father. Father God and family, Lord, I think that we are women of God, women of your word, Father, and I thank you so much that there'll be a paradigm shift in our hearts this morning as we lean in and listen to your word, and I thank you in Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 The whole world, didn't it, Jess? The whole world. We're the whole world. <laughs> Give everyone a big hug in Jesus' good. name. <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome, Pastor Di. We're here this morning with Sisterhood. Uh, Good to see so many lovely faces and names popping up. And uh, once upon a time, I would know how to press a button and see everyone, but I just want to say hello because <laughs> I can't. I can't see everyone's face. There's too many people today. That's lovely. So, oh, Lisa, hi, Lisa. Ella's coming home next week, and we've got a, a prezi for Chelsea. 
Where does Slavery that go? go? Something just happened and everyone moved again. <laughs> it's all right. I just wanted to say that. And Natalia's here. Hi, Natalia. Good girl. I said, please, please, because um, I think most of you will know that our beloved Kim family are making a very big move to Austin, Texas. They leave um, tomorrow. So um, I love you, Natalia. You're a breath of fresh air. Um, yes. You are just soul food in every way. And we just, we're going to be thinking of you. And uh, Pastor Jonathan and I will call you guys when you're in the car tomorrow without the engine running to pray. <laughs> we're going to call you and pray over you before you leave. But we love you. And we know that you're going to have a, a fantastic season. I was um, just a year older than you than when we left Australia. So um, the adventure spirit is alive and well, and we're all about it. And um, we've talked to our really dear friends in Austin who are pastors there. We've got a phenomenal church. We've known them for um, over 25, 25 years, and they're very excited uh, for you to come visit. And, and you know, we just we love you, and so. Everyone Thank you. Thank you. I love you too. Thank you. Love you, darling. So uh, this morning, I'm going to continue. <laughs> last week was just funny because Pastor Jonathan, if you were with us last week, um, unplugged the Wi-Fi because it, it wasn't working for him. And so uh, we went to pods and I basically got to share a story or three parts of the story without any of what I'm going to share today. But I just want to recap on... He's actually out for a coffee this morning. And he said, as he left, I won't be here to unplug anything. Give my love to the girls. So Pastor Jonathan gives his love. Um, so last week I shared about um, an experience that we had over July 4th weekend. We flew to um, Florida to spend time with Ben. He's unable to leave um, because of the program he is in. Um, COVID or not COVID, he just can't leave. He can't go within, I think he can do like a two hour drive uh, at the most and that's it. So the only option was for us to go and we had a really great weekend and, and Bo was able to drive down from Atlanta and be with us too. Bella was working, she does nurse shifts so she couldn't pick and choose. Um, but anyway, we had a really great time and uh, I wanna share some of the things that um, I shared last week, just briefly for those who weren't with us. Um, so Bentley, I don't know if you can see here. Oh, look, see behind me, there's a little plane. <laughs> That's the F-22 Raptor. And he is a fighter pilot in the US Air Force and he got assigned this aircraft. And um, when I think about confidence, I think about what confidence isn't. And I think about what confidence actually is. And so my message today is about confidence because it's not about arrogance. There is um, a funny joke about um, fighter pilots and he, here's the here's the joke I'm really bad at telling jokes I kind of tend to be better when I'm like not trying um, so how do you know if a fighter pilot walks in the room how they tell you <laughs> and that is the absolute opposite of Bentley when when uh, we saw him for the very first time um, in July he said, Mum, I'm going home, having a shower, because he had just flown that morning. Uh, and I, I said, can you please just, I just want to see you. I want to see you, I want to hug you, forget the shower, shower later. And I'm like a germaphobe, so for me, that was like a big thing. Anyway, he walked into the, the, the um, lobby of the hotel in his flight suit, and I just about cried. Wouldn't let him go. Not because he looks like Top Gun and better, 
but because he's my son and I just miss him and I think he's awesome. But he does have this air of humility about him that exudes confidence. And, you know, confidence is not about being cocky, not about walking in a room and telling everyone who you are and what you do and how much you've got and whatever, whatever. It's all about having a godly understanding of who you are in Christ Amen. and what your purpose is. So I've said this for the last few weeks. I'm not a politician, thank goodness. I'm not called to be one. Uh, I'm a pastor and um, I'm not called to be a pilot. God knows that. I hate flying. Um, but I am called to be a parent. So I'm going to just uh, lean on some of what I learned from uh, Lieutenant Bentley Barker this couple of weeks ago because it um, helped me develop a message on watching somebody who has got a very big responsibility. He flies a 200 million, yeah, $200 million aircraft, punk child, whatever. So he has to have some kind of confidence to be able to get in that thing and make that work. But still, when he lands, he is actually grounded. Mm, and for us to have an amazing sense of Christ in us, Christ in us. Let's just think about that for a second and how um, we should just exude this confidence that is so eternal and is so not based on anything around us, what anyone says about us. Um, it's just, it's purely spiritual and very amazing. So on this trip, we went on a pontoon boat. Don't know if you've ever been on a pontoon boat. You can definitely um, YouTube um, world experiences. We are being overtaken at a rate of knots by, at a rate of, I don't even know what that means, but we're, we're being overtaken by all these speedboats, by these jet skis, and we're like chugging. And here, and we're on the, this pontoon boat, there are four fighter pilots on the boat, two have got the Raptor and two have uh, fly um, T-38s, and we are going like two miles an hour. <laughs> and these other boats that are zooming past us are creating wake. They're creating all of this slush and this all the waves and I don't like I'm not a I'm a land lover official land I don't like flying I don't like boating um where's where's Linda I lost Linda oh oh Linda's a she's a sailor she's a she's a, <laughs> that's absolutely not me I, I do it but I do it thinking um everything's gonna um we're gonna drown it's terrible <laughs> so we hit a wave and our boat started to tilt like this and Bentley's reaction, because he was driving, riding, sailing, whatever you call it, he put it into reverse. And it, it happened so quickly. We were in reverse before anyone knew what was happening, except there was water. And he said, um, most people actually put it into, they, put, they try and go through it and, and accelerate into it. And that's when the whole thing goes like under. <laughs> Of course, a pontoon boat is going to float again. The whole thing is a flotation device in itself. But I just loved watching his confidence to know what to do in a, less than a second. That was example one. Sometimes you've got to actually put something in reverse and having a confidence to know, okay, let's not keep going with this thing. Let's not keep going with this relationship. Let's not keep, you know, <laughs> I've heard Joyce Meyer say this, it's what you do, um, with a dead horse, you get off. Like, don't keep saying, giddy up, pony, you're actually with Jesus now. And so for us to have a confidence to know, okay, when to go forward and when to actually say no, that's a really important thing. The other was uh, we had to manoeuvre ourselves through um, our boat. 
expensive boat and people who had children in the water through a very narrow strip. And what happened was we, Bentley was getting through there and I watched the people with the expensive boat looking at him like, does he know what he's doing? And <laughs> I watched this dad with his like little kid and I would have scooped my kid up so fast because no, you can, you can actually rent a pontoon boat. Did you know that? Like anyone can. It's the scariest thing on planet Earth. But they didn't know that he had confidence to make it through a tiny little space. He wasn't going to hit the big boat. He wasn't going to run the child over. And it made me realise that um, we are following a leader that has a confidence that we need to be secure. And I talked about this last week that in this season where everything is so up for opinion, to just know that... Um, you can have confidence in us to get through what looks like a really tricky area because uh, Pastor Jonathan is not just experienced in ministry, he's relevant in ministry. So when it comes to, uh, you know, finding a spot for us to anchor and knowing when to do it and where to do it and how to do it, um, I'm confident in him and not just because he's my husband but because he's a really amazing pastor and uh, Rob, Robbie Dew will um, attest to that because we've both known him for, what, 26 years? You've known him longer. So there you go. And the other thing was, after we anchored, um, we went for a little wander through the water. Um, you, they, they tied floats to get... First time I've ever been floating. It was so much fun. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. Okay, so I'm being pulled along. Or there's like 10 floats and, and two people are at the front pulling the floats along. And we, we were taken to this entirely different area that was all tribes all nations all kind of people we had the song um where's becky where's that the the song blaring god the god bless america song you know that we talked about that the other night the really loud patriotic song nice boat but speakers were like you know, fuzzing out because they had it so loud. And behind them were a bunch of like these cool rapper people um, and theirs were blaring. And it was this competition of, okay, God bless America and bring the dudes back because they had flags, God bless America. And the other ones had um, bring dudes back. I'm like, oh, wow, London, close your eyes. <laughs> so, but what I loved about that was that Bentley had a confidence to take us to a place that was outside our bubble, outside our anchor zone and it was a confidence that said, we can go anywhere and we can wander through and you don't need to worry about anything because, you know, this is a safe place. So confidence that day for me was um, just something I observed in him. So I want to move on now to Hebrews 10, if you've got your Bible there. Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. And I want to read this to you. Um, so cool. Who loves the word of God? Can I see it? Mm -hmm. I love my Bible. Remember those early days after you first saw the light. Those were the hard times. Kicked around in public. Targets of every kind of abuse. Some days it was you. Other days it was your friends. If some friends went to prison, you stuck by them. If some enemies broke in and seized your goods, you let them do it with a smile knowing that they couldn't touch your real treasure. Nothing they did bothered you, nothing set you back, so don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourselves then, it's still a sure thing, but you need to stick it out, staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. 
He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he, uh, if he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. But we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no, we stay with it and we survive trusting all the way. And, you know, our confidence has got to be back to a point. If we think about that moment in time, like, you know, for me, like I call a, a revelation something where it's like the lights go on and they don't ever go off again. That moment when you didn't have that confidence and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, I am invincible in Christ as far as people pulling me down or anything bad happening. As a kid, when we would go on vacation um, to our, um, our beach cottage, we would do this twice a year in winter and in summer. It didn't matter when. Um, it didn't matter about the weather. It was just somewhere that we would go. I would leave a note on top of a Bible, one of my Bibles, on our kitchen table, and I would write, Dear Robber, please don't wreck my house. You can take anything you want, but you need to know that God loves you and you don't need to be doing this. Love, Diane. And I was like 10 years old. So obviously I'm thinking there's nothing that they could take because that's not my treasure. My treasure, my parents weren't saved then. They just thought that was um, kind of cute and marginally strange. Now that would be my dad. <laughs> he got saved at 45. He's like, if you want some, have it all. You, you know, you can't rob what is my joy. So confidence isn't in things, which is really important for us to know. So I want to share now. Um, I might finish today or we might take this over to next week. I'm not sure. Um, I want to share 10 characteristics of confidence. And, um, you know, confidence, I like, I think about people who are innies or outies, they're extroverts or they're introverts. I like confidence is not about a personality trait. Because if it was about a personality trait, I wouldn't have it because I'm um, very shy. I've had to learn to walk in a confidence that I could not develop on my own. It wouldn't matter how many self-help courses I did. There was no, I wouldn't even go to a self-help course. I had so little confidence. So for me, it's just the daily understanding that if I shy away from my call, from what God's got me on planet earth to do, I'm, um, misusing a talent and so I've had to develop a confidence and it's not a personality trait that's good news because if you're shy if you're an innie you know there's an innie and an outie don't don't be put off by people that are um, extroverts thinking that you're just not confident you can have a confidence that is so amazing and pure in Christ so number one uh, characteristic of confidence is composure composure which is the ability to stay cool calm and collected now that's a thing because we're girls so how do we um, retain our composure when everything is not cool it's like white hot it's not calm it's like a mess and there's nothing collected because everything's scattered Composure is a characteristic of confidence. People look to composure when things go wrong. So as, as mums, any of us that are mums, um, our kids need us to retain 
a certain composure that is cool, karma collected, not cold, not canned, but they look to us for confidence. Is everything going to be okay? Because when mum unravels, home unravels. And so for us, I'm not saying we can't have a moment, but to have a week, a month, a year, a life of just not being cool, not being calm, not being collected, it affects generations, it affects family, it affects everyone. So um, number one characteristic of um, confidence is composure. Philippians 4, 6 to 7, definitely hallmark one of my fave scriptures, says this. I'm going to read to you from the voice. Don't be anxious about things. Instead, pray. Pray about everything. God longs to hear your requests, so talk to him about your needs and be thankful for what has come. And know that the peace of God, a peace that is beyond any and all of our human understanding, will stand watch over your hearts and minds in Jesus, the anointed one. This is how we do it. This is what happens when there is a crisis. Um, and obviously there are mini crises and there are maxi crises. So it, I'm just going to repeat again, it doesn't mean you can't be in the moment of, you know, grief or anything that's like super tragic, but it means too that there is this element of buoyancy in us that's provided by the Lord to help us regain and retain a composure that is going to not just affect us, it's going to affect everyone around us. And I do love that the, the word of God says, pray about everything. Don't, well, it says, sorry, it says first, don't be anxious and then pray about everything. Because if we worry our prayers, I mean, Father God, he listens to the murmurings when we got, we don't know what to say, but I'm talking about when, you, you know, you've, you've, you've been through something terrible or something stressful or something's gone on we've got to remember to regain and retain that composure of I'm going to pray this prayer with confidence I'm not going to pray a worried prayer as though God has got short arms as though he is deaf as though he can't do anything that I'm going to regain and re um, retain that confidence when I pray even though everything around me is not cool, it's not calm, it's not collected. Father God, you have given me the ability to have that confidence to be the anchor for everyone around me. Second is this. Second characteristic of confidence is resilience. Resilience is not meaning um, not easily offended. Our resilience, our the resilience of our personhood where something could be said or done where we are like super, mm, everyone's got to lean. Everyone's got to lean. So offense is something that becomes a lean. You can be somebody that anyone who says anything does anything. It's like, I'm offended. I'm offended. That offended me. Even if you don't say it, has it affected relationships? Has it stolen your peace? There's a lean. And so to actually go the other side and having, having this resilience means people can and will say anything. They just will. They can. 
people can and will do anything. Um, does that mean they've got the right or ability to reach down inside of you and choose your response? Thank you, have love for that word a long time ago. Absolutely not. So offense is something that we need to understand is not going to bring us any kind of confidence. A characteristic of confidence is being resilient. Again, it's not about being cold and heartless. It's actually somebody, you know, they stab you and you just say, hey, it's a flesh wound. Move on. Their words have hurt you. Their actions have hurt you. It doesn't mean that you have to go back for more. It means that you don't carry that offense in your heart. This is really, really, really important because confidence will be robbed if you carry offense. There is a book I, I recommend. I've recommended this book way before I moved here 14 years ago, and it's called The Bait of Satan. The, the mere title is just so awesome. <laughs> it's why I call it that? John Bevere, to know is to love. If you, if you know Lisa and John, they see it, they say it. They're very dear friends. We've known them for a long time. Um, Pastor Jonathan gave me that book to read one summer, many moons ago. And I'm like, wow, thank you. Where are the roses? Where are the chocolates? Where where are the the you know strokes and the Oh, I totally understand, babe. Oh, no, not Pastor Jonathan. He hands me a book called The Bait of Satan and tells me that I need to get over it. Now, here's how offence works. It doesn't start as offence unless you've got that lean. That lean can just be like offence, offence, offence. Everything's offence. Everyone and everything offends you. Um, it starts as hurt. Somebody hurts you. Um, betrayal, um, they've misrepresented you, they've done something that you were not deserving of. So somebody can hurt you because you've hurt them, like tit for tat. But when something happens and it's like, where did that come from? And it's somebody, and it's not gonna come from a random stranger on the freeway who you know flips you off or cuts you off or somebody who is not nice in a soup. It's gonna come from somebody in your world. It's going to come from somebody you know, somebody you trust, and it's going to be a hurt. Now, if that hurt doesn't get healed, it turns into pain. And pain can, the problem of pain is it can end up being prolonged. The prolonging of pain without dealing with it is going to end up potentially becoming an offence. And so I was beyond the hurt stage because it was, I mean, what happened that I've, I've never shared about was it was a ministry moment. We've all, if you have not had a ministry moment yet, then you need to sign up for more because <laughs> it's so much fun to see what's really inside of us, right? Uh, it, was a, it was actually just really, what happened was wrong. I'll just say it. If, if this happened to somebody, if this happened to any one of you, I wouldn't have allowed it to happen. I would have, I would have stepped in. But in the, in the season we were in, it just, it happened. And I, I ate it. I bought it. I, that was, I took it for the team. And then I realized that it was, it became a prolonged pain. And so I saw my husband watching my prolonged pain and he couldn't fix, he couldn't fix me. Guess who can fix you? 
not your mother, not your father, not your daughter, not your son, not your husband, not your friend. Only person that can fix you is Jesus. So um, he hands me this glorious book. I'm like, <laughs> what I love though is that he knew I wasn't enjoying my pain. My pain was not a party. My pain was not my purpose. It didn't become my new personality. It became something that I wanted to get rid of. And so therefore he knew that this was good. I mean, you can hand somebody a book like that, The, the Bait of Satan by John Bevere, and it could actually offend them more, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like, well, I don't have offense. You just offended me by saying I've got offense. So I would say, read this book first, get all of the offense out of yourself, and then help people through the process because a hurt is a hurt. Somebody's got an owie, they've got an owie. And if they've got pain, it's not the time to point the finger. It's the time to say, okay, um, how can I help you? Because I want to see you again. I, I miss the, the you because you've lost your confidence. So resilience is part, it's a characteristic of confidence. Proverbs 19.11 in The Passion says this, a wise person demonstrates, demonstrates patience for mercy. Means, oh, hold on. Ever read something and have to reread it because you're like, I've just so, okay, let me start again. <laughs> Proverbs 19.11 says this, a wise person demonstrates patience. For mercy means holding your tongue. When you're insulted, be quick to forgive and forget it. For you are virtuous when you overlook an offence. An offence is deeply personal and resilience is a characteristic of confidence, which means we can all develop it. Amen? Amen. And no one sounds on, so yay. <laughs> Number three. Um, here is another characteristic of confidence, and that is authority. So godly authority comes when we are un under godly authority. I want to read to you um, the story of uh, Jesus and the officer, the centurion. It's a story of the centurion. I'm going to read to you from Matthew 8, 7 to 10 in the voice. Thank you, little Polly, for my voice. You gave me that a long time ago. Uh, this is Jesus speaking. I will come to your house and I will heal him. And the officer replied, Lord, I don't deserve to have you in my house. And in truth, I know you don't need to be with my servant to heal him. Just say the word and he will be healed. After that, after all, is how authority works. My troops obey me whether I am next to them or not. Similarly, this sickness will obey you. Jesus was stunned by the depth of the officer's faith. And to his followers, he says, this is the plain truth. I have not met a single person in Israel with as much faith as this officer. You know, authority is a very powerful word. It has been misused by people. It's been misunderstood by people. I think it's a really beautiful word because I understand authority and I appreciate authority. Um, Pastor Jonathan has talked many times about, you know, the Commonwealth and, and how, um, you know, there is a, a king, well, it's actually the queen, but there is, there is a kingdom and then there are subjects. And having been part of the Commonwealth 
and having that tangible example of earth life, it's not hard for me to, you know, understand how authority works. I also know that being married to a very um, amazing leader, um, strong personality, our kids are like ridiculous, um, all type A's. I don't know where they get it from. Just rolling my eyes. Anyway, so by the way, he, he asked me to marry him, just saying this, because I didn't actually need him. So I remind him about that because I was actually independent and I was okay. And he's like, oh, I like her because she wasn't like a Klingon. So I have to keep reminding, 23 and a half years later, I have to keep reminding him about that kind of confidence. But anyway, back to the point, authority. This is how authority works in our home. I want to just talk about um, another word that is also a word that some people don't understand or they've been hurt by, and that word is submission. I love this word because what it does is it doesn't absolve me at all from my responsibility to chime in and be part of every solution I possibly can as a parent and as a pastor. But what it does do, so Pastor Jonathan and I, we've, we've, this is how we roll. Everyone rolls differently in their marriages, of course, but this is how we roll. Um, if we both agree on something, well, then that's, isn't that a great day? <laughs> if we don't agree on something and it doesn't matter, then if one agrees more than the other, when I say it doesn't matter, it's like chicken or beef. You know what I'm saying? It's like, whatever. That's not a big deal. When it's major life decisions or anything affecting our church or our leadership of, of people that we have been entrusted by the Lord for, then if either of us have a very um, strong thought about something, then we listen to each other. And he has um, very graciously uh, known to listen to me if I say the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't throw... Father God, please, I don't throw the Holy Spirit's name around. Well, the Lord is telling me this, the Lord is telling me that. No, it could be pizza. I'm not saying that. So if I actually say I really feel in my spirit, not in my heart or my soul or my head, if I feel it in my spirit, my husband listens because I don't cry wolf when it comes to something spiritual. Um, having said that, we have been at an impasse um, before, not often, where I have felt something very, very deeply. And he has also felt something and, and depending on the input he's receiving as well, which I value very, very deeply because he is not an island. He's not independent. He's got, he's accountable to a board. He's got close, amazing um, men in ministry that he talks to all the time. Uh, if I still feel something is not right, I submit. And the wonderful thing about that is biblically that's what I am supposed to do and then it means if something goes wrong with that decision then ultimately submission godly biblical submission means I don't get recourse I don't come back and I don't say oh I told you so or you didn't listen to me because when I say I agree and I submit to that decision it means I own it and the beautiful thing about that is it's pleasing to the Lord. It brings us peace. It gives me confidence. I get to sleep at night because I, I would not like my husband's role for anything. 
if you've ever seen us on platform together, I often stand like I tuck myself in just behind his shoulder. We are co-pastors in responsibility and in um, equality as far as how God sees us. But as far as authority and submission, no, thank you. I do not want his job. <laughs> so all of that to say authority is an amazing or knowing authority. Can you see us? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. The Wi-Fi went to um, John John's Golf Club. So I don't know what that is, but anyway, I put it back to I put it back to Winston John's Golf Club. So yeah, yeah. What, what was the last thing I said? Because um, you know, knowing authority about... and submitting that you don't want. Yeah, it's actually a good thing. So when it comes to um, even the way that we the decisions we have to make as a church, because I've never seen anything well no one's seen anything like this season but to try and um make sure and it's not about people pleasing at all it's actually about gathering all the data and then that's data data and then asking god okay god help us because you called us here we're here in the right place right time we want to do the right thing and uh, we really appreciate people's input of course but ultimately pastor jonathan is pastor jonathan and I don't know if anyone wants to go and be a senior pastor anytime soon. <laughs> it's like, let's be, let's be, you know, supporting the, the one or the ones I'm saying that, yeah, we're doing the best we can right now and we're not going to do anything foolish. Amen. Yeah. Cause uh, we want to have that confidence to know that we're going to be, you know, consistent. So yeah. I think um, it'd be a good time to go to pods right now. Um, and then we'll receive our um, giving after um, our pods. So today we can talk about whatever we want out of this message. I think, you know, there's enough in there. I think authority and submission is a, is a great little combo to have. Also, um, you know, how to stay cool, calm and collected when um, everything's flying around the room. You, you go and... and make that choice you leaders and um i'll come back with you um whenever just you say and then we're gonna we're gonna bring a very confident offering today that's going to go towards oh we have got an amazing thing coming up um saturday august 1st 6 p.m to 7 p.m a one hour um gathering event uh it's a newport church summer night um, we're going to be gathering outside of our church building. Awesome. We're yeah. going to be masking up. Yes, we are. Whether you like them or not, this is what we do. We're going to be respectful of people right. and responsible. And we are going to um, gather. We're going to have communion. We're going to have a time of worship. We're going to have food. And I cannot wait to see everyone in person. So please um, be there. Uh, and Natalia, FaceTime. All right, over to you, Jess. Awesome, thank you. Okay, we're gonna break into our pods and we'll be back. Thank you everyone for um, joining us and coming back in. I hope the pods were um, truly a time of connection. So I love those moments where we're able to break down into smaller groups and to hear from each other. And um, so we're just coming back in and joining together. Awesome. Okay, we're gonna hear from Pastor Dai. Well, hello everyone. Um, navigating my little screen here. Um, hope that was a great conversation. Keep the conversations happening. 
And oh, Natalia, guess what? You can always join in. <laughs> Zoom, yes. Zoom, anytime. Hi. We love you. We always want to see your beautiful face. Um, so we're going to receive our giving now. And I thank you for being um, faithful in a season of uncertainty, um, knowing that we can be confident in God's word. I want to read to you Luke 6, 38 from the New Living Translation. And this is what the Bible says. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And of course, we know we don't give to get, but if we don't have anything, how can we give anything? So this is um, a principle of, uh, you know, understanding the, the word of God is full of principles Amen. about being blessed to be a blessing. Um, my friend, Megan in Australia, my best friend since we were 16, sent me a time hop photo um, overnight, time difference. And it was of our family home in Sydney um, being sold. And it was five years ago today. Oh. And that was an absolute miracle. That home was a miracle. Um, the sale price was a miracle. Everything about it was a miracle. And I know that we were blessed because we were able to use our home in Sydney to be able to plant our church. Mm. And so... Mm. Um, whether it's, I mean, you, you know what you have and the, you know, the Lord doesn't want us to give what we don't have. That's not even possible or to have any stress about what we don't have. It's a matter of um, measuring what our hands do by what our, the, the condition of our heart. This is all about trust. And I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. This is a very, very important season to remember God's word and the principles and to not be scared or anxious about anything, mm -hmm. having that confidence. So, um, if you've got your offering there, you're pressing the button or you're on reoccurring given, I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for every woman who is here today, every family represented, everyone listening online. And I thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. I thank you, Father God, for your word that is full of promises and none of them return void. And I thank you, Father God, for this day when we have the opportunity to regulate, Father God, what we give in our hands by what is in our heart. And I thank you, Father God, for the generosity of your girls and that all that you want to do in and through our lives as we just declare, Father God, that we know that we want to be blessed to be a blessing in our families, in our community, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God. Amen. 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 Okay, so here we are at 11.59. Punctuality is a value. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I love you girls. And listen, don't forget, August 1st, it's going to be a fun party.